Welcome, everyone, to the AI and Business Podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge. Today's guest is co-founder of Gray Orange, Samay Kohli. Gray Orange is a warehouse robotics and software company that works in apparel, retail, consumer electronics, and home improvement, among other industries. Samay joins us on today's program to discuss the labor shortages facing warehouses and where real, tangible AI is making a difference in helping fulfillment agents optimize their workflows. Without further ado, here's our conversation. Samay, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for having me here. So let's begin with what are the most important challenges that leaders are facing in the fulfillment space today? So there are two challenges, really. One is, I think we look at pandemic, all the job losses that happened and you know, like people that disappeared. And then we've seen all the people come back to work. However, in supply chain, we're actually still short 1.6 million people here in the U.S., right? So there's a major labor shortage, which has not come back, right? And most people think if it's not come back by now, we're not going to get. So that's on one end, right? And on the second end is that, you know, like if you look at the number of companies that are automating and looking to actually offer customers, right? Like you have to compete more to get the customer in a tough economy. So people are really doubling down, right? And investing on increasing fulfillment. So you've kind of almost got these two opposite ends, right? Like labor's at an all-time low available, right? On the other end, the industry is trying to increase more and more fulfillment and e-com to home, right? And it's kind of a perfect storm ready for fulfillment. Indeed. Let me ask you a little bit more about this labor shortage. I know some in our audience have probably been hearing about this in the news. Just for the logistics space, I mean, we hear so much about supply chain shortages, but not necessarily the labor problems entwined. Is it a matter of warehouses not being able to find enough employees to keep fulfillment going? Is is that the nature of the labor crunch? For sure. So, Matt, you're so right in saying we keep hearing the problems as supply chain and people think it's like the problem is that material coming over from China is the problem right? Practically, because most Mm -hmm. of the stuff comes from there. But it's actually not that, right? Like that was a problem in the first, you know, call it six months or one year of the pandemic. Right now, there's more than likely over stuff, right? Like we we have more stuff than Mm -hmm. we need, right? We don't actually have the people, right, to be able to pick and fulfill it, right? Like literally, like we're talking for lunch, the, the restaurant I was at, they said, you know, like labor shortage is here. Everybody's caring. Be kind. Right. Like it's literally the same thing. Labor shortage is a big problem. So most of the supply chain issues that are happening are actually Mm -hmm. labor shortage. Right. Like it's actually not the physical good that not being there. That's like almost like the first year was that. Right. right now it's about, you know, like enough truck drivers, enough, you know, like truck trucks is a big, big part of labor shortage. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I'll give you one stat that the Wall Street Journal came out with this couple of months ago that there are you know like so think about it as a million or somewhere 750 to a million drivers mm-hmm. short in the industry right. right now right but there are actually for people who hold a license right a commercial license there are three and a half million people more that are not working right, right. so it's really about like you know this is not a job that people want to do like the pandemic was a reset 
for people, people got mm-hmm. out of the grind of like, you know, I've always been doing a warehouse, right? Or I've always been driving a truck, right? Everybody went through right. a reset for three months. And when they came back, they said, okay, I want to choose the job I want to have. And, you know, and, and the economy is growing, right? So like all that labor never mm-hmm. came back. Right? More now, not that the people are not there, right? Of course, we lost a lot of people, unfortunately. But apart from that, right, it's also really about the fact that, you know, like, man, let me give you a context for, for the listeners sure. that, you know, like a person who works in a warehouse, especially a manual warehouse, walks about 13 to 15 miles a day. Yeah. Right. So it's as mm-hmm. good as going to right and like you know we like going to a gym for an hour we probably don't want it as my job right like every day to go go to the gym right so the pandemic was a reset in some sense where people don't like this job right so it's been a it's been a major shortage and you know just closing the loop it's been a huge part of why we are having the supply chain crunches it's like you know the truck operators at the port are not there the lift operators are not there the warehouse people are not there it is a major shortage of people right indeed and you know just from your website your gray orange covers a number of industries and use cases from third-party logistics to apparel retail consumer electronics and home improvement is there something that these industries have in common in terms of problems it could it be the the labor shortage that makes ai capabilities so applicable to their logistics concerns are all of these industries and all of these areas facing the labor problem or are their problems a bit more nuanced even if they just call for the same solution no, man, that's a really good question. And I would say the key thing here is complexity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like these are like the applications where, you know, like Grey Orange becomes applicable, hence AI becomes applicable, hence Grey Matter or Cloud Platform becomes applicable is really around the fact that where there's a lot of complexity and complexity, let's kind of look at it as you have a lot of SKUs or you have a lot of delivery types, you're using a lot of shippers, right? You are probably fulfilling to a retail store as well as e-com website together or in a 3PL's case where, you know, like it's really not your business and you're managing somebody else's business and, you know, like it's 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 tough to manage somebody else's business, right? So mm-hmm. just think of it as, wherever there is like more dynamicness and complexity where we are not applicable. And I feel like AI right now in our industry is not applicable is if you're just having a pallet in pallet out, right? Like you're literally, you're a, mm-hmm. let's think of it as if you just, you're, you sell wood and it's a warehouse for wood, right? And it's got like bulky things. You've got 10, 15 different type of stuff. And not that they're not having labor challenges, but it's more around you have a certain amount of things. You're going to store them certain. It's much more upstream. But whenever you get more closer to the customer, right? So anything Mm -hmm. that touches your life, my life, you know, anybody else's life, right? That's where the complexity comes because, you know, like we don't buy the same thing all the time, right? Right. So... There's a joke inside Grange that even, you know, for one big box retailer, they have like 160 types of water, right, that they ship, right? Right. And they, they don't carry a lot, right? Like literally not a lot of people carry water, but even in water, there's 160 different types of water. And if you put into sizes, right, like the small bottle and the one two quart bottle and the this thing, you're talking about about, you know, 500, 600 types of bottle so water that needs to be, you know, like an magistral size example is something so simple as we thought water has mm-hmm. that, this thing, 
the minute you get closer to the customer consuming, whether it's from a retail store or it's e-commerce, that's where the complexity increases because you don't know every day what a group of people will order, right? Mm -hmm. And hence, you need to be able to adapt. You need to be dynamically able to decide, right, to this. And frankly, it's been a very, you know, apart from the labor shortage, just the management of what should we be doing every day, right? is this industry has been used by, you know, like people used to make these decisions. Let me, you know, do it this way. Mm -hmm. Let me do this. With e-commerce and the number of SKUs really ballooning, if you, you know, like if you kind of look at like, you know, let's take sparkling water, right? Like if you've gone to, you know, whichever your local grocery store, right? Till about 10 years ago, you probably had two types, right? One house brand, one outside, mm -hmm. probably now have five brands right there. So consumers are increasingly asking for more and more SKUs, right? And they want more stuff now, right? And nobody wants empty shelves. That's where the complexity is. That's where, you know, AI as well as Grey Orange is playing a big role. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's dive into that a little bit more and maybe take a step back a little bit. I know I was leading a little bit with really going straight to your use cases mm -hmm. in beachheads, but what's usually the front door to how business leaders use data and analytics to solve these challenges, particularly the labor shortage? Sure. So, um, Matt, and I want to be careful because I think there's two parts to this, right? One part of the labor sure. shortage is more around you know, making people more productive by using robots, right? Mm -hmm. Another part of AI is actually how do you get, you know, people to be more productive, which is not really a labor shortage, but it's actually using, you know, like giving the right directions to people, right? So kind of let's break the problem into two parts. One is we, are, we have less workers in these warehouses. How do we make them more productive, which is a combination of, you know, AI, like making sure we're giving the right work to them, Right. And then the second part is adding robots to help them. Right. Like it's like the same as giving mm -hmm. people more so that they can work faster. Right. So part of the problem gets solved by robots. Part of the problem gets solved with AI. AI is not really replacing people. Like, you know, it's the savings are not really in people getting replaced. AI's saving is in helping the people become more productive. Right. Like getting, giving them the right, right work at the right time. Right. So that's kind of for, labor point. So, you know, zooming out a little bit, as you said, right, where the use cases in which, you know, like robots as well as AI is playing a big role mm -hmm. is really in matching the demand versus supply, right? Like, because the demand is unpredictable. You don't know what everybody's going to ask every day, every hour, every week, right? Like there is no pattern, right? Like a group of consumers, right? Don't like, you know, broadly, you know, right? Like, at the end of the mm -hmm. day, I'm going to sell a hundred kegs of, you know, this type of beer every month, right? But when right. you get to like the day, right, you don't know how many kegs of beer I'm going to sell that day. And I'm, I don't know, you know, how many I'm going to sell in that mm -hmm. hour. So what happens in a warehouse is, right, there are these, call it patterns, right? You have like, you have certain hours in the day on a certain weeks, days in the week and certain months. Right. So you don't know what you'll be doing. That's the biggest problem of how do you decide how to use the people and the robots in the right way to be able to fulfill a dynamic demand. I don't know if that helps and was I don't know if it was a rabbit hole. No. 
No, absolutely not. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say right on point. And it's something very similar to elsewhere we see in manufacturing of predictive maintenance or even predictive inventory, making sure that the delivery is coming right on time so there's no unplanned downtime. But you're talking about this more in a task sense. Is the AI observing where materials and workflows are going so that employee activity can happen in concert? Or is it more about setting these tasks and helping employees organize when they're going to do what, when? in terms of the, the the warehouse floor? Matt, to be very frank, I think it's both, right? It's the same. Okay, I mean, yeah. I look at it kind of the same way. I think I'll echo on what you said around task, right? Task is like mm-hmm. what ta- right task for the right person at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have, if you don't know the tasks you'll be doing and every hour is different, every minute's mm-hmm. different, you're getting this demand signal, right? How do you actually make sure you optimally use right? All the people, right? right? And there are multiple scenarios, right? The scenario in which you have excess labor, right? Or excess number of capacity, right? In which case, you're like, yeah, that's like, it's probably easier because you're anyways going to lose money. So it's fine. But right now in, you know, when you have less people, you have more demand, right? How do you use them optimally, right? To be able to do the right task at the right time in the most productive way, you know, like while not doing the most, let me, let me make this simple. Let me give an sure. example. Let's, let's get, yeah. take an example. Right? So let's say there's a, there's a warehouse and they have two people in it. Right. And the two people right in a day can ship 10,000 kegs of beer. Right. And they don't really care which kegs of beer it is, but they can share 10, they can ship 10,000 kegs of beer. Right. Now a customer ordered, you know, like in the morning said, Hey, I want 5,000 of this beer. Another customer came in and said, hey, I don't want it to ship today. It's okay if you ship tomorrow, but I want another 5,000 of this, right? And then a third customer came and said, hey, I want 7,000, you know, like kegs of this other beer. I'm also okay whenever you ship it today or tomorrow. Now, you know, like in some sense, you've got like over two days, you have enough capacity. You have 20,000 capacity to ship kegs out, right? Between 5,000 that customer A asked, 5,000 the second customer asked, and 7,000 the third one asked, right? You have about 17,000, so you have enough capacity, right? But the first customer said, hey, I want it shipped today. So now you want to make sure while you're running the warehouse efficiently, you're mixing the work between the 5,000 kegs which have to ship today, right? taking enough for the next day, you can't just ship 5,000 today because if you ship only 5,000 today, tomorrow you will have 12,000 that need shipping, but only 10,000 capacity, right? So it's the mix of how do you schedule tasks and work, right? While meeting customer unique specificity, right? Now, Matt, just this up, I made it very simple by saying there are three customers and only two days of demand, right? What happens in the real world is there is any typical warehouse has 10,000 people ordering something, right? And they have at least 20 different ways of shipping, right? Same day, next day, UPS first class, UPS private mail, FedEx next day, right? Like, so, Mm -hmm. you know, like delivery, next hour delivery, right? So think 30 different type of options, 
right? And 10,000 different customers with unique demands, right? You mix it all up, right? It becomes a mm-hmm. like it becomes a non-linear problem to figure out who does what mm-hmm. without, you know, frankly, losing your game. Unplanned downtime, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unplanned, yeah. Downtime. unplanned downtime, as they call it in, in manufacturing. Absolutely. One item I wanted to ask you that we don't we tend to neglect to ask, especially of our friends in the manufacturing space. But I, I know our audience is very keen on, on knowing the answer to this. I know real time analytics is is a huge part of what you folks do. And I know the analytics part is AI, but something I, I think we don't talk about enough is what are the technologies involved outside of AI in putting real-time analytics in folks' hands that solve logistics problems. Can you give us an idea of what those are and what the front doors are to at least get started in those spaces? Sure, sure. And Matt, I, I want to be you know a little bit sure. clear about this. I think we do what we do is like, you know, like, Analytics is is a important part of it, right? But I think it's mm-hmm. very different than you know, like analytics in the industry is a lot about get the right insights at the right time in the right way, right? For yeah. for us, it's actually it's about yeah, right information, right this thing. But it's actually we're directing work, right? So we're like mm-hmm. nobody's actually using the analytics, right? It's actually it's analytics is built into the AI to say you're discreetly controlling Mm -hmm. every action which a human being or a robot or anybody does, right? So this is more actioned analytics, if I may, right? Like this is not analytic, right? Like, I mean, sure. I mean, we probably have amazing because, you know, like the AI engine can't run if it doesn't have good data and that data is available for the warehouse managers or the business owners, right? But AI is such an abused word, right? Like it's like- It is, it is. Right. It's it's so we, you know, for a long time, right? I would say we stayed away from the word of AI because we just felt like, you know, like it's just like this is AI, that's AI, that's AI, right? Like sure. for us, it's yep. very simply, right? Like what AI for us means is is closer to one domain of machine learning, right? Which yep. is that you learn, you know, you run a warehouse and people run it, and you learn the patterns and the costing models of what made you something and at the end of the day you can reassess saying hey had i taken these different decisions i would have become better so the next day i take different decisions so it's a self-learning model but it's not Mm -hmm. analytics where it's telling people you know like this is the insights insights is part of this and people use it a lot to give feedback to the system right but it's action right like it like it takes ownership at the end of the day you know like we gray matter signs up Right for saying we're gonna make make sure you meet your customer demands. Right, so I don't know if it helps, but it's it's much, it's way more complex to build, but it's much more simpler because it's not just information; it's actions and making sure you do the work you wanted to do. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I actually just just loved your your answer just there, just in terms of of really differentiating. And I'll let me assure you, I think you're speaking to an audience that. And especially for this program that is keenly aware of the difference between real AI and the AI hype. And I like to yeah. think this this show is a is a huge part of of separating yeah. the wheat from the chef in that respect. Thank you so much, Samay, for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Matt.
Wrapping up today's episode, I really appreciate the point Seme was making towards the end there. He went a little bit off the beaten path of my question about analytics, but drawing that difference between actionable analytics and insight analytics, I think is a very, very important one, especially for our friends in manufacturing, retail, etc. A lot of these places that Gray Orange touches to understand, especially as they begin their AI journeys. We'll actually be hosting Same again in a couple of weeks to talk about the best ways that business leaders in these spaces can get started with AI. Stay tuned for that episode on podcast.emerge.com. That's podcast singular, no S. On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI and Business Podcast.